This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, and come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words, but no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. And come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we got a really great show for you today lots of interesting news going on around our favorite fandoms so we're going to be talking about that and what's new in the world of acmg segment up next but before i do that I want to give a big shout out to Mega Ray once again for lending his music for the WWE 2K23 review that I did this week. The two-parter that I did with myself and Boris uh, Roberto Aguilar. Shout out to him and thank him for doing part two of this uh, review and giving his thoughts on it. But, you know, this goes to show how much of a big wrestling fan I am because I gave no attention to any other game like I did with this, mostly because... You know, I am a wrestling fan, but I'm also a gamer that loves wrestling games. And I, I hate what they I hate with the the smoke and mirrors of what the marketing and, 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 and promotion is doing with this game. Like the game, like we said, the game is is good. It's fun, but I think it gets way too much praise than it should. And if you look at our if you check out the video review of uh, part one, you'll see why i feel like it doesn't deserve the praise that it's getting it it's not a bad game overall but you know it really there's some things that they really we should be knocking some points back or some grades down on it and not even give it a curve this time so go out of your way check it out on talktimelive.com on the blog section i got part one and part two up right now uh, the video version and the, um, as well as the, uh, audio version. You could check those out if you haven't already, if you are a fan of wrestling and WWE 2k games, um, you definitely want to hear what I have to say about that. And as well as Boris, cause we kind of agree on the same thing on that note. So thank you to him. Thank you to Mega Ram because his music really played hard to it. And it really made the experience of the video really well and i got a lot of great feedback so thank you all for you know yeah and your comments about that video because yeah i put a i put more work into this review than i did almost any other game review i've ever done uh, most of my game reviews don't require me to do video versions so it, it speaks volumes of my fandom for wrestling in that sense but also Go check out his new album coming soon on March 27th, which is uh, tomorrow. And uh, actually, if you've listened to it on Monday, it's out now called Wrestling is Real. People are fake. I heard this. I heard the track from this. He has a video for it out right now. It is awesome. Uh, I expect some really good things coming out of this album. As always, I mean, like his albums just get so much better in terms of production and quality and value. 
it is awesome. I got like four of my favorite albums that I like of Mega Randall's right now. And, you know, songs in, in general, not including the theme song that he does for this show. So go out of your way, check it out. He, you'll never go wrong, especially when you like that old school quality style of hip hop, like pure hip hop. He's there. He, he, he's like, he's an official, he's an, he, he really is an official member of the New Day, like legit. But, um, I would say he's an official member, an unofficial member of the Native Tongues as well. You know, hip hop aficionados know who the hell the Native Tongues is. They're the purest of the pure. So, but on our talk topic today, we're going to be reviewing John Wick chapter four. I'm going to give my thoughts on that. And uh, is it the final chapter? <laughs> we'll talk about that and much more on that segment. But let's not waste any time because there's some really interesting news that we got to talk about. So let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Okay, we're going to start off with some really awesome news in regards to the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, Two things that came out of this episode. One, Carl Weathers directed the episode. Yes, Apollo Creed himself actually directed the episode. And Action Jackson even, I should say. But um, it was really awesome. I really enjoyed the episode. I was very surprised to see that he did this. And not only that, they premiered or introduced or yeah, I would say debuted officially a Jedi character that many have seen before in the form of Kelleran Beck, which is a character based on uh, a reality game show series that was Star Wars themed. The actor, Ahmad Best, or Ahmed Best, I should say, is none other than the voice of Jar Jar Banks. And this episode totally revitalized. I think, honestly, it revitalized him in his career in a way that in just one episode that I think this is his, this was his absolute redemption and it's all it was all people can talk about who is this guy who like nobody like there were some people who knew like hardcore Star Wars fans knew who this guy was but we haven't seen Jar Jar in such a long time you know rightfully so but we knew we know of the actor but he's been out of sight, out of mind for so long to some extent. And lo and behold, he comes out and he just looks so badass in this thing. And what a debut for this guy and making it efficiently. You know, this was great. This was really great for him because he took a lot of slack, you know, probably unwarranted slack. I don't know. It depends on the situation. It depends on the discussion. You know, Jar Jar was is the absolutely most hated character in the star wars universe there's no doubt um much for much reasons for you know are probably warranted for it's kind of insensitive racial aspect of it but yeah he's an alien but he's coming off like a little bit of a uh i guess he kind of he kind of jojo's a bit if you will but he took the big slack of it because it had nothing to do with his performance. It had a lot to do with the purpose of the character or the meaning of the character or whatnot. And, you know, he got, he got, man, he got butchered for that. And now he's back as a new Jedi character in the canon version of the series. So this week, this week's episode introduced him and he, he appeared in a flashback of Grogu that Grogu had um, when he was receiving the new armor plate from the Mandalorians. And in the flashback, we see Beck coming to, uh, to Grogu's rescue after an attack of an elite squad of stormtroopers. Uh, this guy is like, really, he, uh, he, he, the confidence in his look and his, just the introduction was all that he had, like two lightsabers, he was just, blazing out taking people out and he managed to save grogu so like this is not the last time we're going to see this guy he was in a flashback but he's going to appear again and now people are aching to see this guy you know thanks to the mandalorian they managed to bring redemption to this character in a way that we never even imagined you know what a grand appearance that was i mean absolutely this is 
not the first time that this character has appeared either like for uh, for people like me i'm a casual fan of star wars i've never seen this character before but um people who may have watched other shows related to that he's appeared as a as this character before um like i said this was a reality theme show called jedi T uh, temple challenge where he hosted uh the show as this character while the game show was not canon to the universe beck is now officially in the universe so people are asking what is his connection to grogu and what is his affiliation to you know how is he going to be involved in the canon universe now uh one can only find out but hopefully we'll get more it, it's obviously we need to see we're going to see him again and hopefully it's soon because it was just it, it was awesome that's it was nothing like the one thing people talked about aside from the fact that the episode was only like 37 minutes which was really one of the shorter episodes it was still great and to see like you know carl weathers to be able to direct this it, it, i i was really intrigued about this is really awesome to do look john fabro he deserves a lifetime achievement award for what he's done for not only the marvel cinematic universe but now the star wars universe he re he revitalized the star wars universe much like yoshinori oni uh ono did for street fighter i feel like he did it in the exact same sense like both street fighter and star wars were kind of lagging and, and it's you know momentum and popularity over the years and then like john favreau comes in and revitalizes this franchise yoshinori ono did the exact same thing for capcom with street fighter 4 and revitalized not only just the street fighter franchise but fighting games in general and then street fighter 5 came out and say what you will about street fighter 5 but that game at the beginning of it before they started adding too much to it was actually a really awesome solid experience and it still is it really still is if you look at just the core of it it actually still is uh but i loved that episode i, I there's not one episode like the mandalorian right now is the it, it's the only thing that's keeping me from really watching star wars right now or really being a fan of star wars like the mandalorian is just fantastic i would also give props to i actually enjoyed the um obi-wan kenobi you know series as well but the mandalorian is absolutely the it, it's the to me it's the flagship show for the star wars uh you know series that are that are on disney plus right now so if you haven't checked it out go out of your way check it out this dude is awesome uh, i'm looking forward to them and kudos to them for bringing him back and bringing him his character in the canon i i hope that they i really honestly i would love for them to do a documentary on him on his journey from jar jar to this character and what he went through because i from what i understand he he it it was it, that whole experience was taxing to him and, and understandably so i mean on so many levels i i just i i would really love to see and hear what he has to say about his journey from jar jar to uh to Kelleron back because you know this is a complete resurgence of his career from this point the moment that he stepped in so and kudos to you know disney again and lucas films for doing this i mean it, it was it was definitely a really feel good story it, you know out, out you know behind the camera and on the, uh in front of the camera so moving on what is not really a feel good moment is this week's this past week's episode of superman and lois because viewers were shocked by this week's episode with the reveal of lois's fate lois lane that is lois lane is one of the most iconic characters in comic book history like she's up there with mary jane from spider-man she's in that in that level arguably even just a tad bit higher than Mar mary jane uh i mean she it, she is to superman as mary jane is to spider-man regardless of the fact that spider-man and her are not together anymore it's still like they are we no matter how they do it in that co in the comics a lot of people can't stop putting mary jane and, and you know peter together they're inseparable regardless no matter how they try you know marvel comics try to you know keep them apart they they're bonded with it's just way too strong um and this is the same for lois lane these two are like inseparable you know we've invested a lot of time in these characters for for like decades upon decades 
So to see what they did with Lois's character in this storyline was very risky and shocking. This week's episode of Superman and Lois, we learn that Lois, played by Bitsy Tulik, has stage three inflammatory breast cancer. And my mouth dropped. I mean, first of all, this show is awesome. Say what you will. The the C, this particular CW show from from the get go, from the jump, has been a very, very strong show and a really great direction for what they were doing with this new universe, this super, new Superman universe. I felt like they did a great job, but I was shocked as hell to know that they did this to Lois and this character. Like, I can see them doing this for anybody else. I don't. This was a risky, 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 risky move to do. This stage is said to be very aggressive, which means she may not have any hope in reversing or, you know, getting, you know, curing any curing of this, you know, stage, meaning she may not have much time to live. This is a huge risk for the show to do this with one of the most legendary characters in a DC universe. You know, this is one of those characters that like doesn't have powers, but she doesn't need them. She, her personality, the way she was always written, she is, Lois Lane is absolutely a role model, just as much of a role model as Superman or any superhero with powers. So for them to do that, that is deep. And granted, this is another universe and who's to say that this can't happen in another universe? So in this universe, Lois is suffering, unfortunately, from breast cancer. And this is, it, you know, fans on social media, I was wondering what their reaction was going to be because I was shocked. I felt like, is, is this a smart thing for them to do with such a, you know, with the likes of a character like this? This is huge. This is ridiculously huge to do this. I don't know if they did it for shock value or whatever like that, but I don't know what the, was the purpose of this. I don't know. But fans on social media seem to be more supportive in, uh, of the storyline than uh, upset and disappointed than I even expected. I was very shocked. And it's not just like on Twitter, also on Facebook. I looked at it and, and, you know, the comment sections of all this, but they were so much more supportive people. And here some have said that this story hit home for them and others have praised Bitsy's performance in the reveal as well. Um, the show also recasted uh, Kent, Jonathan Kent, now played by Michael Bishop, who actually really, they really did do a good job casting this dude because, you know, they uh, fired the last guy for, you know, just not being there when needed and not being a team player or whatnot. They replaced him with this guy and uh, he seems to be doing really, really well, man. Like uh, he, he looks very similar to the last guy but also really similar to Jordan as well. So this is going to be a quite an interesting season as if it had already had, like they really did a great job with this show so far. And, um, oh man, now everybody's going to be just waiting to see what happened to Lois. Now, see, here's the thing though. If they're saying she, had, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm more of, I'm more educated towards dementia and Alzheimer's related situations than I am to the stages of breast cancer. But like, I don't know if they somehow cure her of this or she survives it. I don't know to what lengths that she could survive this. I mean, I need to start researching this myself, but this is going to be interesting to see if she they go through this and how whether she's going to die or, or, or what they're going to do with the storyline from here. This is really really crazy um and, and risky for them to do so uh are they really <laughs> just i don't know man but it's got people wanting to check it out more now people are definitely going to be watching so i don't know if it made huge waves on social media or trended hard on social media but this is one of those deals like if it was in the comics this would have hit everywhere this would have been on tmz cnn all that stuff and this would have hit the comics for some reason it didn't hit completely everywhere but we'll see how this goes and i'm i'm here for the journey of that also it looks like um what is his name still the uh, the character that plays still is gonna be hooking up with lana i'm okay with that i'm so okay with that 
<laughs> go ahead irs so all right moving on continuing with the dc news we got our first look at robin in the upcoming final episodes of dc's titans that's another show i'm gonna miss severely because it started off kind of slow and it really started to pick up like probably during the end of the first season and into the second season and they they really started getting their groove with that show and it's awesome now it is fantastic and now we got the first look of robin uh and he looks pretty dope he is he looks fantastic the suit looks awesome uh this is the season that brother blood is in there too so you know we're gonna see how that ends and how this whole entire season and this is uh this is going to be interesting how they do and how this is going to come off but the blood um the brother blood storyline is really creepy and at the same time awesome as well so if you haven't checked out titans on hbo max man what are you waiting for why do you wait check that out it is fantastic and i don't know what they're going to do in terms of um you know new new content for dc at this point remember james gunn is about to run the show so there may be some you know a lot of changes we got the, the green lantern series and all this stuff and everything that he's coming trying to come up with and so we'll see how that goes from there but man uh this is gonna i hopefully just end with this will end with a bang from here and we will see from there oh i real quick i may want to comment on the new gotham knight series as well i it's it's not bad so far i think it's okay it's watchable um it's it's gained my attention for the time being it's it really is funny because it's gathering it's pretty much doing the same storyline as the video game but just with different characters and these are all new characters these are all kids you know they a newer version of robin is on here as well who's a female character and um then they got the joker's daughter in there as well so I'm, I'm intrigued i've been intrigued enough to watch the first two three episodes and it's not bad so far um nowhere near as bad as what people are gonna you know was already being cynical about in the first place so i'm gonna keep watching it and, you know and if it gets really corny and stale then i will stay off but so far it's gra it's it's grabbing my attention so right now so that comes on i believe before i think it comes on after superman and lois so check out your local listings on that and you know see how long this one lasts i think I, I was really surprised that they even still brought this out because you know with every, all of these situations going on with the uh wbd situation and the james gunn just totally revamping everything i'm really surprised because I, I swore that they said that this was going to be a canceled series and apparently it's not so they're they're going with it i don't know how long this series is going to last is it going to be more than a season we'll see i guess we're just seeing how much how much viewership is getting uh at this time so we will see about that but let's move on to some really really interesting news here justin Rowland, you know the co-creator of the ultra popular uh delt swim series rick and morty has been dismissed of his charges of domestic violence um you guys remember he was uh he was accused and arrested for it a while back or, or just accused for it as well and um he was going to court for this and a lot has happened in his life since then so apparently the courts have decided to dismiss the charges of domestic violence the co-creator of the series went on twitter uh to say that he was cleared of all his charges the charges were dismissed due to uh insufficient evidence that could prove that couldn't uh that uh, that could prove beyond reasonable doubt while he went on Twitter to announce the news, he also expressed his disappointment at those who were quick to judge him without probable cause or merit of proof. And when we think about that, we also got to think about Adult Swim, who immediately let him go, as well as Hulu, you know, because of letting him go as well. You know, it uh, makes you wonder, makes you wonder about that. Adult Swim uh, cut ties with him in January due to the domestic violence, um, violence charges, as well as resigned from, he resigned from uh, Squanch Games, uh, which he co-founded as well. Hulu, who had his shows Solar Opposites, and the recent Koala Man also dropped. Like, Koala Man just came out, and they dropped that immediately upon the charges. While this has been cleared for, uh, well, he has been cleared for this. 
There are other allegations that uh, were made against him and no one has provided any proof yet of these claims. The Orange County District Attorney Office uh, are not ruling out that uh, ruling out his innocence, however, and claims that the evidence that the uh, that the clearance of the charges were just based on not enough evidence. And this makes you kind of think in a sense, I mean, Hulu and Adult Swim jump in the gun and no pun intended because, and I say that because James Gunn also was fired from Marvel because of accusations from a while ago, like a decade ago and all this stuff and just jumped a gun without even using critical thinking or thinking. Yes, he, all right, and James Gunn's case, he really did and said, uh, what he said from 10 years ago, but he has also redeemed himself and you could not find anything recent of him, of, of a saying from that now. And I think they learned their lesson from that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Will he be back with Rick and Morty? Will he be back on his Hulu projects after this? Um, will there be more allegations and, you know, accusations? Is there actual proof out there, you know? And the fact that there were no evidence towards this, makes you want to think like is he's gonna could he have leverage over this could he counter sue could he you know what's gonna happen with this we'll we'll just have to see what's gonna happen from this now but just a very interesting development on that end and speaking of developments there is another situation involving some domestic assault charges this time with Jonathan Majors, unfortunately just yesterday the star of Creed and Ant-Man sequels was arrested and I say yesterday, if you know, it's Saturday for those who are listening later, but he was arrested for alleged uh, domestic dispute. He was taken custody following a 911 call made in an apartment in Manhattan. The alleged victim told cops that she was assaulted and appeared to have minor injuries to the head and neck, indicating some form of strangulation. The spokesman on behalf of majors denied these claims and, and uh, accusations telling CNN that he has done no wrong and uh, they look forward to clearing his name and clearing this whole thing up. Majors at this time is not in custody of uh, the police, according to CNN. So in this case, I figure we I mean, honestly, the one thing that we as a society have not done is really we, we prejudge way too much. We assume way too much and that has done nothing but causes, you know, and, and mostly because one person was accused and arrested and was found guilty of a situation. That doesn't mean everybody is going to be that way. We've, we've had our, our Kelly's and Bill Cosby's in the past. Yes, but not everybody is Bill Cosby or R. Kelly in a sense, or Harvey Weinstein, in a sense, there is going to be some people who are being accused of these accusations that may not. And when there's, when, when there's no proof or there's no speculation, you can't just go off your instinct and, and assumption because you lack the education of understanding the situation and you lack the merit of proof. When you don't have the merit of proof, you cannot all, you know, awfully say that this person did it just based on your gut feeling. I was, as a person who just got finished doing jury duty like last year, um, you know, and had to do a case where, you know, a guy who may or may not have done the job you deal was, you know, found we found him not guilty because he, there was not the evidence that was provided was so hollow. It was so hollow. I mean, they just wanted to go on the base of he did it. And we said he did it because this is what he had, but there was no film cameras or anything you know showing that he did whatever what he did so who's to say that he did it or didn't do it who's to say that the cops didn't just plan it on him and just want to target somebody and as somebody who was accused of a crime he didn't commit because they wanted to fill a quota for tonight and that's these things happen that i you know i ended up you know in jail for like a weekend for no apparent reason and I was proven and I was proven innocent of those when I was at court myself. You can't just go off and just say that somebody is just because your gut feeling has it or just because the way the media spins it. You just have to be patient and see things through. Like everybody giving their opinions on TMZ or whatnot is like 
it's just their opinion at the end of the day but let's be a little bit more patient about situations let's use our critical thinking about situations let's learn what critical thinking is because there's many people who don't understand what that is but it's a great tool to make sure you make the right decisions in theory and thought and uh you know just see this through we'll see you know hopefully he didn't because hopefully he wouldn't be stupid enough to do that but you know there has been celebrities who have you know been too power hungry is <laughs> star is star uh power hungry or whatever to get themselves in the situations they shouldn't be getting themselves in the situations thinking that they're they are you know invincible because of their status i hope that he's i hope that he's he comes off like a smart dude he comes off like a very humble dude so hopefully this is not the case and it's it's really crazy is that like whenever you are that level famous you really got to be careful how you carry yourself and in, in the people that you hang around because you always seem to these people always seem to get in these situations stay your ass at home <laughs> you know just chill go on vacation have fun at that vacation you don't have to go to every single party and every single gala or, or situation just sometimes just stay your ass at home it's just better you like do you go ahead go to work do your job don't try to live up life like it like you could do anything you want because you really can't and then you end up in a situation where you got to do damage control so fingers crossed that everything turns out not the way that is it's being uh said and we'll see because he's he's his career is blowing up and i hate to see it being cut short due to this type of situation happening so let's see how this goes from there folks that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back. And when I do, we're going to talk about the chap the fourth chapter of John Wick. You know, we're going to see if this really is the fourth chapter and what's going to happen and how this whole ride went through from here, from, from start to finish. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of John Wick Chapter 4. Is this really the final chapter? According to the end credit scene, kind of left us open-ended with something and it didn't tell us really what we don't know what happened but I, first of all if you haven't watched this movie and you're listening right now and you want us you want to uh watch this movie take just wait until you see the movie then come back to me this is going to be a very spoiler worthy episode so uh i'm going to be talking it going back and forth on a lot of things right now but this movie this entire series did not disappoint you talk about keanu reeves uh, movies um i think this may be his absolute best and i'm saying that because it is much as i liked the matrix and how revolutionary the matrix was from a cinematic standpoint from a story standpoint from a consistency standpoint the john wick series has not disappointed it, it didn't leave us hanging i mean the this if this is the final chapter for john wick it ended with a beautiful positive bag and i enjoyed every minute of this so much so that i had to go to the bathroom the entire time and i refused to go it was like oh my god it was i didn't realize it, it was two hours and 49 minutes i stayed there for two hours and 40 i had i knew this movie was long but i didn't realize to what end how long it was but 
Oh my goodness. I enjoyed every minute of it so much. So I did not move from my chair one bit and I really had to go. I can't stress that enough. But if I felt like if I left, I would have missed something cool because every single second there was something awesome. There was really no slow point to this whole thing. And I love this way. I love this movie for, you know, the path that it went, the people who were involved and just what may be happening next. It kudos to the writers of this. Uh, Shay Hatton, Michael Finch, Derek uh, Colstead did a fantastic job. Uh, Chad uh, Stahelski, uh, who directed it, beautifully done. And I love how they started. I love how they started. They started with Lawrence Fishburne giving this, this awesome, awesome speech. I wish I could repeat it, but I could, I wouldn't even be able to do this justice. Like Lawrence Fishburne kicking off the actual event by, you know, screaming this kind of like poetic battle cry, if you will, or whatever, this verse and just hyping the, just, it really kind of kicked off what we were to expect about this movie. It just reminded me of how much I love Lawrence Fishburne, how much I enjoy Lawrence Fishburne and why he is my, one of my top five all-time favorite actors just in general like not black actors just actors he is phenomenal and this proved no different i love this from the get-go we see john wick who just went through all hell in the first three films and he's still on the run he's still being hunted down by the high table and now he's on a path to heading to defeating the high table but only to be only because he needed to you know he he, he wants his freedom he has to go through all hell to do so. And turns out that in order to do that, he has to challenge one of the people from the high table. Um, that being Bill, actor Bill uh, Skarsgård, who plays uh, Marquise in here, who's one of the members of the high table. And yeah, he played a perfect, he played a perfect prick in his movie. <laughs> he he was uh, absolutely a great, a great antagonist to John Wick in his path. I was really intrigued by this because of the people that were in it. Clancy Brown. I had no idea Clancy Brown was in there as the Arbiter. And here, Clancy Brown, in case you guys don't know, is you know known for playing many awesome characters, both in live action and in, in live action video game and animated series. Um, he's Lex Luthor in the, uh, in the DC animated universe. Uh, for years, you know, in Superman and Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, awesome there. Um, but most hardcore fans of this guy is known for the Kurgan in the original Highlander series. You can be there can be only one. Or my favorite line is, um, "I got something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away." <laughs> his his voice is just incredible his performances are always phenomenal this man does not get enough credit for what he does and he played the arbiter in this and even though he was on there for like bits and pieces of the show his presence was well known in here um in mcshane you know winston even after he shot john wick down i knew he did it for he did what he had to do and john wick understood that and um in this case, it was really bad for him and Sharon played by the late great Lance Reddick, who, you know, they, the high table decided to uh, evict them of their, of the building. And not only just evict the building, they had to evacuate the building because they blew the building up. No, giving him no longer any, um, any chances to be, to, to be the head of this building. I forgot what they called it and whatnot, but on top of that they uh you know um marquise killed sharon aka lance reddick's character the whole thing with lance reddick in this movie was kind of haunting you know his lines the lines that he said the, the 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 conversation that he had with winston took a whole new meaning now that he is no longer with us everything that has happened in that scene and those scenes and in every scene that was involving Sharon 
had a new haunting type of feel to it because this this gentleman is no longer with us uh he just passed away just a few weeks ago and like he's talking about you know how you know how to you know death is handled or stuff to that to that length and then he dies and and, and i kind of was wondering how what was going to happen with his character and i had a hunch that this was going to happen so it's even a little bit more eerie towards the situation and then on top of that there was a scene later on in the movie where john reunites with winston at the at the uh cemetery where they put sharon's body at and that became a little bit eerie because it felt like it was more of a tribute to lance reddick not just the character but lance reddick itself so it was really I, I i can't there's no better word to say it but eerie or haunting to see that that, that, that they did this scene and in some cases it was like if this was run by like gangsters or whatever like that this was seemed like it was a sign <laughs> or this was a message at this point but it was just an eerie it became a true to life tribute to both the character and lance reddick himself so i liked how they you know i hated that he died but i knew that it was going to happen but also i did like the way that they handled the whole thing but it was just the, the timing of it couldn't be more eerie and then the, that that scene where you know they just it was just like it wasn't like they just felt that they that was by co total coincidence that they did that scene that they said those lines they said the things that they said in this movie and he just happens to be no be no longer with us so it wasn't in bad taste or anything like that it just wasn't it's just coincidentally it's like this happened this was said and that happened and it didn't take away from any part of the movie and everything i i went to see this at a early matinee so i wasn't around a huge crowd of people for this so i didn't get any real reaction from that part that i would get if i was with a crowd of people but i don't know how people are taking that but it, it i felt as much as it was it, it was a strange feeling it wasn't a bad feeling from in a sense overall it kind of fit the format of everything but again rest in power lance reddick man he um this was uh he what a send off <laughs> what a send off in this movie in here so one of the more interesting characters here that came in was donnie yen making his debut as kane who is like who is an assassin a hitman if you will uh who is blind uh why he was blind he sacrificed his eyes for the sake of the high table and he wanted to be out he kind of has his own type of john wick backstory as well they uh they kind of th are threatening him with his daughter's life and he's he is a former friend of john wick or is still a friend of john wick out of respect uh, you know the code of the guild if you will and the high table is using him to to get rid of uh you know john wick even though he doesn't want to but his daughter's life is on the line john wick you know it's the bushido code they understand what they got to do so he's after donnie yen what can i say about donnie yen that we haven't already said the dude is phenomenal and him playing this character who's blind but still has a way of being able to get around people using his other senses and very smartly done like he put he put daredevil him i would love to see him and uh charlie cox you know get at it in a small room because th that would be a phenomenal absolutely outstanding fight scene right there um but donnie yen was such a great character in here i thought he was incredible with his role uh we also had shamir anderson who i i never seen this guy before a day in my life um this is the first time i've seen this guy I haven't seen him prior to anything else um like i'm looking at a lot of the shows that he's been in before i've never watched any of them this is my first time seeing him love this guy love this guy he played a character uh known as tracker uh who's i guess a, a just a mercenary hitman for hire on any side it doesn't matter and much like holly berry's character on three he had a he had a dog with him that was instantly able you know he was by his side attacked him everywhere he went and um those two were a great great uh du duo together and 
you didn't know what he was in the gray you didn't know what side he was on in this but he you know he would be he would protect john wick at some point but if the price was high enough he would go after john wick you know and then it you know turns out at the very end they had a mutual respect due to the fact that john wick basically saved his dog you know that there's still that sentimental you know situation with this as well so that was a dynamic that they had there um hiroyoki uh sonata was also in here i love this guy he's been on a lot of awesome you know films and, and uh shows as well in the past um mostly the wolverine where he played shin uh shin uh what is it shin, uh, shin, shin Jin. And he played on there and bullet train as well. He, yeah, he's mortal. He's Hanzo in mortal Kombat. So no shortage of great films that he's been involved with. He was in here as well as one of the, um, he was in the same position as Winston. I believe the connoisseurs or whatever you call them. Um, you know, the, the hotel director, I guess I, I'm, that's the way I'm going to put it. Cause I forgot the name of the position that him and Winston is in, but he's the same as he's in the same position as Winston in Japan, but also like Winston, he's in alliance with John Wick. He, uh, they are great friends. So the high table is going to be coming after him because of his allegiance with John Wick as well. Um, she's Shimizu, uh, he, his character's name is, uh, Shimazu and Shimazu daughter Mia, uh, played by Ime Kwan. Um, was also in question here. I mean, no, that was, no, that's the daughter. That was the daughter of, um, Kane. I meant Rina, uh, Siwayama played Akira who may be playing a more significant role down the line in here. She was, she was pretty much, um, Lance Riddick's, you know, character in Japan. She was the, uh, second to, uh, Shimazu, but also the daughter of Shimazu. Um, so that played a factor too and he found out what happened to winston and she was a little bit worried because she didn't want the same fate to happen to uh that happened to sharon happen to her nor did he want to see that as well but he also had his allegiance with with uh john wick turns out his fate was destined for as kane took him out killed him now this was the, this was the part i think this is the only questionable part for me in this movie there was the scene where shimazu fought Kane. Kane really spared him. He spared him. He gave him a reason to live. He gave, he, but he honorably just said he would, you would not be able to beat him. Go back to your daughter, you know, save yourself, save your daughter while I go find John Wick. Shimazu, because of Bushido honor, and I'm not going to question that, he decided that it was more important to fight his for his honor than to just stay alive for his daughter. Kane gave him the option. Kane, he killed him. And Akira, you know, of course, distraught, upset, you know, mourning and angry about this. You know, I kind of got a side with Kane on a sense that like he Kane, you know, they fought and he spared them. And Shimazu just decided, like, no, I'm gonna keep going. Despite the fact your daughter is not only hurt, but she wants you alive. So uh Akira is just gonna displace all her anger on a Kane. And we kind of see that down the line here. So I will I will skip that part, but it, it was just a crazy thing um just seeing john wick go through all this one thing i do want to say that i really enjoyed here was the idea that they have now this was noticed more than ever that the suits that they're all wearing are plated they are it, and it reminds me of what um because i first seen this in daredevil when wilson fisk had these suits that like were kind of bulletproof or you wouldn't be able to stab anybody with these suits so they kind of reinforced this in the john wick series so now everybody has a shielded you know three-piece suit uh that's specially made to you know repel bullets or you know be impenetrable to bullets or whatever and it was incredible i like the way this movie was filmed too 
because they kind of filmed it almost in the same way that you see in a video game. There were some scenes that were, you know, filmed in an isometric type of view, like top down view, kind of reminded me of certain video games that I played as well in that fashion. So it was a really cool thing is, you know, for two hours and 49 minutes, you were captivated by the different ways that they were being, uh, that this movie was being filmed. And it wasn't like the same type of way each time. So I really enjoyed that as well. Um, just so much going on here, but I got to give, I love the fact that all these people are here, but we got to talk about Scott Atkins, Scott Atkins. If you don't know who that is, that dude is the, one of the baddest martial arts action, uh, stars out. Like if you watch undisputed Two, which he's really known from undisputed Two, is an awesome, awesome movie with Michael Jai White on there and boy, he plays the character Boyka and, um, Boyka is just a, Boyka is just one of the, like his fighting style is, you would think that it's a video game that you're watching. He fights almost like you, like Guile from Street Fighter. He does a lot of flash kicks. He does, and, and like legit, he really does these kicks and he really fight in his, his fighting style is always fast paced. I don't, I don't. The thing is, I don't think that they speed up the cameras when he fights. I think that he's legit fighting fast paced and hard. And all of his fights, his fight styles are just tremendous. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Like we talk about Ray Park, who also is awesome in these movies, but Scott Aitkins, you got watch his movies. Watch why he was so awesome in this movie. He plays the character Killer, which is like Marquise's basically second in command or, you know, right hand man or whatnot. And we see this dude from multiple aspects of this film, you know, just killing it out there, man. And it's it, it just the whole back and forth with him and wick and him and tracker and him and the dog. And him. It's just crazy throughout the deal. He was a force to be reckoned with in this movie, but let me tell you, I, you know, it's, it's safe to say that like, they ended up in a duel. And again, I mentioned like the only way John Winston mentioned that, you know, the old ways at a high table are still, you know, traditional. If he wanted his freedom, he had to challenge Marquise to a duel. Marquise is not one of a traditionalist. He tried to do things so untraditional within the high table that even the harbinger was like, I'm not approving of what you're doing here, but you know we'll see how this goes and i like to he was a line that it was a line that um harbinger said to marquise and he was he said don't let your value I, if something in the, in the means of don't let your um don't let your value you know get mixed up with your power something to that and I'm, I'm totally butchering what he said but he let's just go let's just say that he's not approving of what his methods are towards doing this and the deal was is that there was a scene where they decided how they were going to duel and they had these these really awesome metal cards i want replicas of these uh mercoid if you will <laughs> try to find your way to making replicas of this because i thought they were cool they look like kind of tarot uh, cards but they were just you know cards that you know you put them up and a number comes up and whoever has the higher number gets to choose the choice of duel, the weapon that they use, and the place that they're gonna do it at. So they did all that, and John Wick got to choose the um the weapon and I believe the place that they were gonna set the setting of where they were gonna have this deal at. But now they had to get there for 24 hours, which means Marquise put out a hit on him to make sure that he doesn't make it on time for this and if he doesn't make it on time not only does he die but winston dies because he john made winston his second so that gave marquise an idea to do put out a hit and this was awesome too because this was a awesome homage to one of my all-time favorite films the warriors and somewhere in london they uh they apparently had some dj we didn't see the DJ's face, but we saw her mouth. If you watched in Warriors, you know that this is exactly where they got this from. And she put out a message to John Wick. And not only did she do that, she even put on the same song 
that they did in the Warriors movie. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And it was awesome. It was a great homage. So you got all these different hitmen that are coming out. He has a 20 million bounty on his head and it goes up as the closer he gets to, um, to, to the destination that he's supposed to get to at the de designated time. And it was really awesome that they did this. And they were, I, I, I don't know whose idea was to add this part, but it was an absolute, absolute homage to the Warriors. So this made me love this movie even more. And everything that they did through the end with the dole and everything, which is great. He, you know, of course he beat Marquise. How he beat him was awesome. I thought that was very clever what they did with that. And the fact that they set it up the whole entire time, I thought it was awesome the way they set it up. But the question is, at the end, we see that John Wick died. And is he really dead? This is this is the part where everybody's questioning whether he is really dead. Like he, we the last time we saw John Wick, he asked Winston to take him home. He was sitting on it uh, in, in the steps. We also seen a scene prior to this saying that, you know, of all the things that he wanted to put on his gravestone is beloved husband or beloved husband which they did so we didn't go into a scene where the bowery king aka lawrence fishburne and winston are paying their respects at this gravestone and they're kind of vague about their them mentioning you know john's death but that doesn't mean he's still dead <laughs> that does not mean that he's still dead at all by any means necessary it could mean the legend of john wick is dead and he just moved on and changed his name and did everything he may not be dead they this to me really felt open-ended and the movie ends off like that but we do get a major end credit scene not seeing that john wick is dead we see donnie yen character kane who's revisiting his daughter um, Mia who's playing violin and you know in the street and he's bringing flowers to her and as you're watching this two hour and 49 minute movie we tend to forget the fact that Akira said that you know if you don't kill this told John Wick to like if you don't kill this dude I will John Wick never killed Kane who killed Sh uh, Shizuma, uh, Shimazu so she's owning up to her truth she's walking up towards uh kane as kane is smiling and he's walking up to his daughter as he's gonna see his daughter as he's playing because he was reinstated he was free of his you know commitment to the high table because that was all of that was on the line marquise you know uh released his you know uh he released him of his ode because he thought that he killed john wick at the duel and all this stuff wasn't the case but he was still re removed. The Harbinger, uh, you know, relieved him of his duties and freed his daughter, gave him and his daughter freedom. That doesn't mean Akita is going to do it. So we let in this scene, we see him moving up, getting close to his daughter, but we also see Akita coming with a knife. And I'm pretty sure if you've seen Kane throughout the movie, you know, he has his senses. You know, he's probably going to be aware of this. It's no way he's, she's going to be easily able to you know assassinate this dude this dude, i mean she's she was awesome but i think he's a, he's always a one step ahead so that's how the movie ended but we don't know this is saying like okay obviously this series is not ending but it doesn't mean that is ending is going to begin with another john wick movie this could be crossing over to a whole new movie I don't know it, there's so many questions that we're left here is john wick dead is there going to be a new movie starring uh rena uh sawayama is she going to be the new you know character that they're going to be basing it on is kane's just going to be a part of this how is this going to end how is this going to begin are we ever going to see john wick again is he truly like all these questions and more is there ch uh, chapter five or is this a brand new chapter one to a new series all this and more but let me tell you if this is Keanu Reeves last movie, it ended with a great bang. This movie ended awesome. It started awesome. It continued awesome. It ended awesome. Honestly, the John Wick series to me 
is way more successful than the matrix even though the matrix significantly you know when you look at history when you talk about history we're gonna look back and say the matrix is one of the most revolutionary movies in in filming history it changed the way we looked at movies movies were filmed john wick will get credit for being in an original movie series a successful original series much like the fast and the fury series but i would say better i would say definitely better um in that in that sense it's an original like it, it's it's one of the rare movies in this day and age to be this successful and not be based on a marvel or dc or comic book hero series at all you know this and in, in, uh, in the um fast and the furious franchise are very very successful and it goes to show that yes you can still make great movies that doesn't require you to be based on um, marvel movies or, or dc movies that's not to say that we we are tired of superhero movies just say that there's still room for creativity and you just got to be creative and in this case this was very creative albeit violent it's all hell <laughs> and uh but it was awesome it was pretty awesome it was it was just fantastic from start to finish if you haven't checked us out go anyway and check this out if you want to hear what i want to give it uh what grade i want to give it top this this is an a plus this whole entire series every episode every chapter a plus from the door you can watch just back and forth this is two hours and 49 minutes of action pack fun if i'm not moving my seat and i had to go to the bathroom and i didn't realize how long this movie was and i'm glad i didn't check for the time because i probably would have had not seen it but it was worth every it was worth it it was worth it from start to finish man go out of your way check this out this is an a plus movie an a plus action pack movie and uh you're going to absolutely love it so go out of your way check it out folks that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live thank you guys so very much again wrestling fans go out of your way check out my review part one and part two of wwe 2k i think you will enjoy that there's people who have enjoyed it and um i'm really thankful for all those who have taken the time to join it because there was a lot of work that was put into that so go out of your way check it out you can check it on my youtube channel but you can easily find it on talktimelive.com not only you can find that you can find all of our audio episodes our video exclusives all there easy for you to find also this tuesday be on the lookout because coming this tuesday the first talk time live exclusive guest that i have this year will be none other than my good friend molly flanagan who is making her fourth appearance technically five if you if you want to add the uh naruto panel with it as well but she's making her appearance back on the show to talk about what she's been up to but also the new shows that she's involved with abc's new hit comedy not dead yet star uh gina rodriguez and you know molly makes several different appearances throughout the entire season and very memorable uh deals as well you also can expect her on the new animated series royal crackers coming april 2nd on adult swim and the next day on hbo max as well so be sure to check that out this tuesday you're gonna love it it's gonna be a lot of fun trust me I, it's always great to uh, be able to reunite with her and we're gonna be seeing her more here in philadelphia because she's coming to fan expo as well uh coming in june there's a lot of people shout out to uh, fan expo when i said last year that they were they needed to step it up this year because it was a great start they listened we're getting so many people coming to this sophomore event it ain't funny but we'll talk about down the line we'll talk more on that this uh tuesday on the 28th when molly comes in as well and um get ready for that next week i am looking very much forward to reviewing this movie the tetris movie is coming out on april uh, apple tv so um that's coming out i've been looking forward to checking this movie out so i'll be watching that as well and uh this week on select start we're getting back to the swing of things um bayonetta's prequel cereza and the uh i forgot the name of the <laughs> I for, do i have that on here do i have that on here it's the bayonetta uh prequel that i will be that's on a uh, nintendo switch uh that i will be reviewing next week so stay tuned for that I'm, I'm currently playing that now oh it's bayonetta origins cereza and the lost demon so um 
I'm currently in the groove of playing that right now and uh we'll find out what I think of it overall it's a very different approach to the Bayonetta universe I will say that right now so stay tuned for that but again thank you guys very much and also if you I can't I would be remiss if I didn't mention this for those who like listening to podcasts on all of the major podcast platforms. We are wherever podcasts are played. That is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, uh, Pod Addicts, I was told as well, maybe some other places. And of course, we are in Tumblr. Go on to Tumblr, type in Talk Time Live. You can find us there. You can listen to the show there as well. Thank you guys again for the support and just we'll keep us going and keep it growing at all times so that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is Dak xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care and have a great week people Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.